I don't care. Whatever. What's up? TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. This is the all-star game of sports radio shows. It's Score North Live with Rami. Sure is. Hour two. Matthew Collar along for the ride for the entire two hours this afternoon. He'll stick around at two o'clock for Purple Daily. Later this hour, random power rankings. Pizza pizza toppings get ranked today. I don't know about you guys. I'm ready to fight about this. Oh, yeah. But we'll get to that coming up at 1.30. Collar, I intentionally, I saw the Bob McGinn story come across my timeline, and I scrolled real fast because I didn't want to see it. I wanted real-time live reaction to what you teased before the break. Do, do you want to recall how you teased it before the break, what Bob McGinn is reporting? Ooh, boy, is how I teased it, I think. Well, tell uh, me why you found it so titillating. Well, I will just say that the highlight of the Bob McGinn piece, which I am reading through the whole thing now, and he has covered the Packers for a very long time, as you know, uh, that Matt LaFleur drafting Jordan Love was a power move, and Matt LaFleur has had, quote, simply enough of Aaron Rodgers' act and that the Jordan Love pick would, quote, gain leverage with their imperial quarterback. Ooh, boy. There we go. I'm not surprised by this because anytime that you bring in a head coach into an organization where the quarterback has basically taken the throne as as the face and the persona of a franchise, and especially when you bring in such a young, unproven head coach, into that situation, I think there's going to be a butting of heads and a power struggle as far as whose team this is. Don't don't you think don't you think that was that was sort of baked into the situation and it was up to Matt LaFleur to kind of make that work with his all pro quarterback? I mean, yes. Like that was goal number one was to get along with Aaron Rodgers and make it work. And they go thirteen three, and yet there still seemed to be a lot of the same type of Aaron Rodgers body language that existed under Mike McCarthy. And now, you know, when it's it's one of those things where it's like Sometimes you got to look in the mirror. If you can't get along with one coach and then you can't get along with another coach, whose problem is it? It's probably a problem with you. And you know, Rodgers, when he was at his absolute best, remember. Act- sorry to cut you off, but remember the Ty Dunn story last year about yes. about Aaron Rodgers yes. and all the butting of heads throughout the organization and Packers fans that really riled him up. They did not like the way that Aaron Rodgers was portrayed in the thing. And what I kept saying was. When you're when you're the common denominator, the common factor in so much conflict, you kind of have to look at it and say, maybe you're at least a big part of the reason for said conflict. And it doesn't it seems like Aaron Rodgers butts heads with a lot of people, both inside and outside the football world. And I hate to 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 rope in a guy's family situation into this, but he doesn't even get along with his own family by by various accounts. I mean, when Aaron Rodgers basically doesn't get along with anybody, his old head coach, his new head coach, with wide receivers on his roster, with the general manager, like you got to kind of look at it and say maybe Aaron Rodgers is, is actually part of the reason that he keeps running into conflict with different people in his life. Well, right, and you just look at the way that he acts on the field in terms of his body language. That's a it's a big deal for a major leadership position. And when he was at his absolute best, 
you could just look the other way. I mean, they were winning so much that you didn't get that frustrated Aaron Rodgers face and him, you know, throwing his arms up at his teammates and everything else. But when they have not won as much in recent years, not counting last season, but even last season during the frustrating times of a very average offense that ranked 15th in the league, this was not an offense that was taken to a different level. It was really their defense that played a lot better and helped them win and some circumstances that helped it as well. Um, but you still got that same Aaron Rodgers stuff that is frustrating from him and and it's got to be frustrating for his receivers it's got to be frustrating for his coaches and when you are the best player in the world you can do all that stuff and everybody just goes hey you know that's him for you Uh, but when you're not anymore when you're only like the seventh to tenth best quarterback in the league now which is where Aaron has dropped I think um, then this it does wear thin. It does it wears extremely thin. And a new coach comes in, and his I'm sure thing was all right. We're going to put in my offense, and Aaron and I are going to work together, and we're going to do this thing together. And if Rodgers pushed back on that and was not okay with the way that Matt Lafleur wanted to play offense, which I know that Rodgers does not like to turn his back to the defense, and that's what this offense is: it's play actions, it's running, it's very similar to what Gary Kubiak does. Um, Kirk Cousins seems to love it, but if Rodgers doesn't like this type of offense, then they were going to butt heads last year, and we didn't hear much about it because they won a lot of football games, but the way that it ended with just getting your ass whooped and not being able to move the football at all, you could see Rodgers pointing fingers and uh, you know them wanting to send him a message that you don't have to be the only quarterback who ever plays here. The more this plays out, and I, I sort of had a front seat, so to speak, working in Milwaukee during the Favre Packers divorce. Andrew Brandt, who joined us last week from uh, MMQB, and he was the vice president of the Packers while all that was going down about 10 years ago, he said this is deja vu all over again. You brought in a new head coach and Mike McCarthy one year in. He, for whatever reali- whatever reason, realized that he and the, the legendary quarterback of the franchise weren't a good mix. They just didn't mesh. I don't know if it was a butting of heads or personalities between Mike McCarthy and Brett Favre. It's just that Mike McCarthy was very much about film study and preparation during the week, and Brett Favre, admittedly, that was that was the weak point in his game, was, was studying the film and studying the playbook, etc., etc. He was more of a schoolyard type of quarterback. Not to say that he didn't know the game of football and he didn't know the playbook, but he just wasn't a guy who was going to dive deep into the playbook or spend hours on hours watching film, and that that didn't sit well with Mike McCarthy, and so they very much did not, they were not on the same page and felt like they needed to go in a different direction. This seems like more of a personality clash rather than a way of doing business clash like Mike McCarthy and Brett Favre had, but in the sense that you have a new head coach coming in with a legendary quarterback who's had a lot of success under the previous head coach, and it's just not a good mix, and so they are moving on, or at least preparing to move on. This is almost exactly how it played out back when Aaron Rodgers was drafted by the Green Bay Packers to be Brett Favre's apparent heir to the throne. Now, let me say, I think that this is really stupid for the Packers. I mean, I just think I think it's really, really a dumb approach. Like You go 13-3 and last year, and Rodgers was not the best quarterback in the league, but if Jordan Love can't play, you're just fired. I mean, you're. I mean, it, you will be if this doesn't work out, and Aaron Rodgers is bad next year, and then you turn it over to Jordan Love, and he's bad. 
You are so fired, but not only that, you are also a laughing stock for a long, long time in the NFL and especially in Green Bay. If you drafted this interception-prone kid from a nothing college to to take over for Aaron Rodgers and he ends up not being good, and let's say Rodgers decides, he, he Rodgers could just demand to be traded today if he wanted to. Or let's say he plays one year next year and they go 7-9 and and Rodgers says, I want out. And you're remembered as the guy who ran Aaron Rodgers out of town intentionally by tanking the draft rather than just giving him some playmakers and trying to win. I mean, look at what Rodgers did last year overall. He throws for over 4,000 yards, 95 quarterback rating, lowest interception rate in the NFL. Like These things are not something you'd say uh, are terrible for a quarterback. I mean, they're not... Uh, perfect, of course, that he's not the Aaron Rodgers that led the NFL in quarterback rating in 2011 with 122 rating and went 14 and one. It's not that same guy, but you know sometimes good, um, you know, is is good enough to get you there. Like in the NFC, there's a lot of good quarterbacks and there's some older quarterbacks who are great, but we're not sure how much longer they continue to be great. If it were me, even if I didn't get along with Aaron Rodgers, even if I was tired of his act. I'd be like, let's get the man a receiver or two. <laughs> you know, let's let let's try to just maximize every bit of this guy's career. And uh, you know, if it doesn't work out for next year, it doesn't work out for next year. But at least, at least I'm not going down with Jordan Love. Like that just seems like such an incredibly risky play. And ego is a huge deal. And you know, athletes, the athletes who win you the games. They're allowed to have the egos, but if you have the same ego as a coach or a general manager, you don't last that. Long. Especially a first year, a first time, first year head coach. I know with the I know with the experience that that he has. He's he's a really young dude, and I, I Aaron Rodgers always thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. You really thought you were going to bring one of the youngest head coaches in the league into this thing, and Aaron Rodgers wasn't going to want the power and the control and and to basically run his own offense. You were you were dreaming if you thought that was the case. If you wanted Aaron Rodgers to defer to the next head coach and things to be peaceful and hunky-dory for this next era of Packers football, you have to bring in a guy who brings who brings a resume, who brings a track record, who brings a certain amount of, of gusto and demands respect from Aaron Rodgers or anybody else because he's that good as an NFL head coach or at least as an offensive mind. Like, if, if you could bring in a Bruce Arians type. I think Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. would probably listen to that. If, But I think just bringing in a guy in Matt LaFleur, who, like I said, is one of the youngest head coaches in the league, has never done it before, and expecting Aaron Rodgers to defer and say, whatever you want, boss, like that that was not that was never going to work. That was a fool's errand if that's what the Packers thought was going to go down here. Yeah, I, I'm really surprised that somebody who was such a um... – a young coach would come in and try to like grasp all the power. But you know, we see this, we see these first time coaches making mistakes all the time like this. How about Joe Judge who calls up his draft pick and tells him, I don't want to hear you say anything about Super Bowls and, you know, make any headlines or anything. And like, what is your problem, dude? You're not Belichick. You're Joe freaking Judge. Like, why don't you do something before you act like this? <laughs> Matt Patricia, same thing. Let's let's call out Judge. Judd had a great point about Joe Judge, who refuses to call people by their name, only refers to him as position. For a guy who's never done anything as a head coach in this league, do we just refer to him as head coach? Yeah. Do we not right. even give him Good the point. respect of, of, give, of Good point. calling him by name like and, a human being? You're just, where, Mike, you're just Mike Six. You're just Mike Six, Colin. You're, 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 you're going to 
gonna, but you're gonna, you're gonna turn off uh, your your veterans pretty quick because they want to be treated with respect. Like they've proved something in the NFL here, guys who have been around for five, six, seven years. And if you come in with that garbage, they're not going to buy into you. And and Matt Patricia is a great example, and dozens of other Belichick tree guys. You know what? I think it's like this that. There are certain bands that if you heard a cover band was playing, you'd be like, okay, I bet, uh, I, I don't know what. Um, I used to go and watch a Beatles cover band. When okay, there's a good example. Years. Yeah. All right, I bet a Beatles cover band is probably going to be pretty good. They, they were have, awesome, dude. They, I mean, they, they captured the whole look, the whole sound, the feel. They were really great. And I think that you can with the Beatles music because you could sort of pick and choose. They have so much music that's great that you can pick and choose whatever you're capable of playing. If someone tries to be a Jimi Hendrix cover band, you're like, this, this he's so, so unique and revolutionary and so impossible to try and be that it's like, oh, oh my God, this is not going to work. Like, this is <laughs> no, not, dude. you just can't be. Is that a him. wig? Are you wearing yeah, an Afro right. wig right you now? Can't in, in, and I think the same thing. If you're going to try to be an Andy Reid cover band, you probably can be pretty good because your thing is like players coach and you love offense. If you're going to be a Belichick cover band, it's going to go bad for you. Because this whole tough right. act is based on all the stuff that he's won and along the way had an elite quarterback who's one of the best leaders of all time who was really operating the team in Tom Brady. If you try to go with a rookie quarterback and bring this garbage there and try to be the cover band so you're not even doing it like the same way with Belichick and you don't have the backing to do it, you end up being a laughing stock. And, and maybe some of Matt LaFleur, I thought his whole thing was that he was sort of easygoing and now he's tired of Rodgers' act. Um, but you know what? I think Phil Jackson puts on a master class in The Last Dance and yep. how to deal with players like this who are just on a different, they live in a different stratosphere than everybody else, even the other guys on the team, and you have to approach that differently. So what he just likely did was ruin his own career, is my guess. Unless unless he's right about Jordan Love. Unless he, he's he, right he about Jordan Love. He seems to really yep. like Jordan Love, and I see the flaws and the potential for failure in Jordan Love that you see, but if there is a situation that he's, he can succeed in and they can sort of mold him, it's it's in a place where if you think Matt LaFleur is a good young head coach and, and a, an, a great offensive mind who can tutor a quarterback up and he can sit for two or three years and learn the playbook and learn the speed of the NFL – that's a place where if he's going to succeed, it would be in a situation like he finds himself in right now in Green Bay. So philosophically speaking, it always does make sense to be drafting the next quarterback when your guy is in his 30s, unless it alienates the starting quarterback who's already good and has done nothing but win in his career. And even Rodgers found lots of ways to win with his skill set diminished to some extent. That's where it ends up being even more foolish of a move than I thought it was. Like when you have so many great playmakers on the field, let's say you could have just drafted there instead of Jordan Love, uh, LaVisca Chenault. You have so many great playmakers in this draft who could step onto the field right away and and be good. Um, I think that's a smarter play to try and make your quarterback happy that you haven't been getting along with and try to find some middle ground with your quarterback because when you have one, he could keep your job there much longer. And when you don't have one, you're fired. Like, it's that simple in the NFL. And Mike McCarthy, how much longer did Mike McCarthy get because Aaron Rodgers continued to play well? Uh, probably many more years than most people ever get. How about Mike Tomlin? Like, longest tenured coaches in the NFL. Weird. They all have great quarterbacks, except for, uh, you know, John Harbaugh goes from a very good quarterback 
to an MVP quarterback. But for the most part, like that's that's what keeps you alive in the NFL is if you have a great quarterback and uh, doing everything you can to undermine that guy in the draft. Not a particularly great career move, I don't think, for Matt LaFleur. Ego can certainly be a killer in this game. Who man. do you think lasts longer in Green Bay, Matt LaFleur or Aaron Rodgers? I Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if one year from now, Collar, we're sitting here maybe in the same studio, but probably still in separate studios, <laughs> and talking about Aaron Rodgers demanding a trade out of Green Bay. That's a, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great conversation to have um, because I think that this was such a bad move from LaFleur, but if... The people in charge also believe that he's right. They're going to give him a lot of rope with this. Um, so they're going to, yeah, trade Aaron Rodgers after next season, after they go 9-7 and seven or something, and then they all blame Rodgers for it, and Rodgers ends up somewhere else. And then we get to see Jordan Love play probably for two years before you completely decide, oh, yeah, this was a terrible move, right? I mean, even Rodgers in his first year was not great. Um, not like Aaron Rodgers great. Um, and then he took the big step like everybody does after a couple of years of starting. So, mm, yeah, I think that LaFleur lasts longer because Rodgers is going to say after this, all right, it's just it's just time for me to go. I can't be with this organization anymore. And then he's going to end up with some situation that probably works out really well for him is my guess. I mean, you know, it's going to have to be a win-now team that doesn't have a quarterback. And they're out there that, like Tampa Bay was this year. Oh, there'll be somebody looking for a quarterback by next year. I thought it was I thought it was weird that for the first time in my lifetime that this offseason there seemed to be more quarterbacks on the market than yep. there were teams looking for quarterbacks. That's never been the case. That's always a position where the the demand outweighs the supply at yep. the quarterback position, but every, you can be damn sure that between now and next season somebody's going to change their mind about the quarterback that they do have. Who will it be? I mean, I could see the Bears looking for a quarterback by next year. They were one of the teams looking for one this year. If they don't get what they want out of Nick Foles or if he doesn't push Mitch Trubisky to be the quarterback that they hoped he could be, I could very easily see the Bears looking for a quarterback in 2020. The Jaguars, I think, could be looking for a quarterback in 2020. I wouldn't rule out that the Rams are looking for a quarterback in Possible. 2020. J- Goff has sort of been up up and down it's not like he's been a home run since the time that he got into the league it was kind of a struggle for him when he first came into the NFL and then he had that great year and then this past year it was it was another dip in terms of his numbers and his development I wouldn't be surprised if Sean McVay says you know what I don't think this is going to work out after 2020 and needs feels a need to go and and get his guy so uh, I, I think that if you're talking about teams that have unproven quarterbacks, they all need to be on the list. So Cleveland, Buffalo, New York, those are yep. teams that you would, if you're the Packers being passive aggressive, trade them to. Like, ha! Oh, if you really send want to you stick to Cleveland, Rogers, send, send you to, to Buffalo. Buffalo. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Alley guy in Buffalo. But if Aaron Rodgers went to Buffalo with Stephon Diggs there and a good offensive line, a good running game, like that could all of a sudden, you know, them be very very good. Same. I mean, the Jets have been building up their team for a while through the draft and through free agency. We don't know if Sam Darnold is good, but if you He's terrible this year, and someone offers you Aaron Rodgers, you might do it. Uh, Indianapolis would also be a low-key team because if Phillip Rivers plays one more year and then they feel like he can't play anymore, well, on to the next one. 
Um, so th- there are a dozen teams that you could come w- up with that would have the possibility of Aaron Rodgers playing for them. If Daniel Jones is absolutely horrible for the New York Giants, how about the Raiders? I mean, the the, the Raiders could be looking at, yeah, well, Derek Carr, we gave him a bunch of weapons oh, and he went 7-9 again. getting his hands on Aaron Rodgers? I know, Rogers? I know. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, there would be a guy that would, I think, be... Much sure. cooler about the way he handled Aaron Rodgers than Matt LaFleur is being. And I so. think that's a guy who Rodgers would defer to because of his experience, his track record. He has a Super Bowl. He's he's coached up MVP quarterbacks in the past. I, I Like I said, for Matt LaFleur to come in at his age, his experience, and, and his lack of resume and think that Aaron Rodgers was going to defer to him was, was a pipe dream to start with, if yeah. you ever thought that's what was going to happen. Aaron yeah. Rodgers almost always thinks... He's the smartest guy in the room to the point where he felt like he surpassed Mike McCarthy, who was the guy who molded him into the quarterback that he was, and he didn't feel a need to defer to Mike McCarthy anymore. That's why that relationship deteriorated. To think you were going to bring LaFleur in, and that was somebody that Rodgers was going to defer to and just play whatever offense he wanted to play and whatever calls he wanted to call, was it was, like I said, a pipe dream. That was never going to happen. I mean, you were you have, need, if you were going to bring in a LaFleur, you were going to need to give Aaron Rodgers power and control under LaFleur. What I don't understand is when you have somebody with Rodgers' experience and his football IQ, why you wouldn't, day one, get Aaron Rodgers in a room be like, let's design this offense together. Right. You and me. Let's right. build this spaceship and fly it to the moon. Like, come on, right? I mean, why would you not do that? Phil Jackson pulling in Michael Jordan and saying, how do you feel about Dennis Rodman taking a vacation? And even though Jordan was like, what the? <laughs> Still, what that is, though, is that's Phil Jackson understanding that Michael Jordan runs the team, that it's not him. He is there to keep everyone together. He is there to be the adult in the room and the one who is the cooler head. But Michael Jordan runs that team. Aaron Rodgers runs this team. So, because if Michael took exception with that and didn't ultimately accept it, all hell was going to break right. loose inside right. the Bulls. Phil understood that. Right. And I, I feel the same way with what's going on with Aaron Rodgers here, where if you come in and you tell Aaron Rodgers, you're running my offense my way, I mean, you're just asking for pushback there. I mean, it's almost like, especially after how well they did, they get to the NFC Championship game. I know it didn't go too good, but they got to the NFC Championship game, and your response to that is to completely undermine the quarterback who took you there. It's just, to me, that's just madness. And it's not even a bad idea to draft a quarterback, but to do the rest of the draft the way they did, to pass up on good wide receivers that they could have taken, and to fill it out with tight ends and fullbacks and other stuff that just is not that valuable... Is, Collar, he came out in a radio interview the day before the draft and said, you know, they've never taken an offensive skill position player in my entire time as quarterback. Sure would be nice if that changed. Yeah. And I then to not change it seems like it's on purpose to undermine not change it, but go and get his replacement instead in the first round? Like, you're trying to piss this dude off. I saw a statistic today that said Aaron Rodgers has thrown one touchdown to a first-round pick wide receiver in his career. Wow. Who was one. that? I don't even I, know, I don't who, know who it would be. Right, it was probably someone that that went there for like their last call or something. Yeah, but they had a list of all the quarterbacks that had just first round touchdowns, and Aaron Rodgers has thrown one. Hilarious! It's remarkable. I gotta admit, I'm, I'm enjoying all this and the thought of the whole Brett Favre saga playing out, but with him in a Bears uniform rather than a Vikings uniform. For me, a Bears fan, delicious. Just chef's kiss. You know, uh, post-June 1st, they could trade Aaron Rodgers and have it not be bad on their cap. I don't think they would do that this year. I don't think they believe in Jordan Love that much.
They want to get him in. But he might want out. What if, but what if Rogers said, "I'm not playing"? That's I. I wouldn't be totally shocked if that happened. Carson Palmer did it. Would not be totally shocked if that happened. We might have to uh, get one of my former colleagues from the fan in Milwaukee on the show in the next couple of days to uh, get their thoughts on all this drama playing out. But I'm loving it. Loving it. We'll hit a quick break. On the other side, something else that I love, pizza. Random power rankings, top five pizza toppings. Start tweeting them in at Score North. We'll give you ours right after this on 1500 Score North.